Yo, salute, salute, salute. Here, white salute. salute, fam. Rich, what's good with you, family? Let's ping up. Let's ping up. Can you hear me, Kim? Yo, yo, yo. Can y'all hear me? What's up? Oh, shit. Loud speaker. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we can hear you. Before you left, I just... It's so goddamn hot. Can't wait till tonight. Salute to the room. Salute, Big Chuck. What's up, Pookie? Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? It's hot than a motherfucker. I can't wait till tonight for it get cold. A little cooler, rather. Hey, hello, hello. You hear me? We up? We up? What we doing? What we doing? What we doing? Eric, Come Eric, on, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Share this room with you in the hallways. 81 of us in here. Yeah, we just trying to get the uh the shares up real quick. Feel me All before right. we get started. I love it. Salute. I love it. Hey, appreciate you tapping in with us, family. I love it. How's everybody today? Bless, bless, bless. Salute, King. Thank you. Gonna get into it. This uh, this gonna be a dope episode, man. If y'all not familiar who Eric White is, we're gonna get you familiar today. Salute, big truck, salute to the mod, salute to the stage. Salute, salute. Y'all hey, share the room. Yeah, 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 salute, salute. Yeah, King, salute, family. Kim, salute, bro. Up? 
What's up, Chuck? What's up, Brian? What's good? Hey, y'all, share this room up. I'm about to ping up right now. Ping up. You go into the goo, hit the follow. It's going to say add friends and just ping up a bunch of people. You can do 10 to 15. You won't get blocked, ping jail, and none of that shit. Show love, man. Show some people that probably be interested again in this particular subject. Bring them in the room. Let's get it, let's get it. All right. Eric, Eric White, uh, could you introduce yourself, brother, and let them know where they can follow you at? All right, Eric White, director. Find me on um, Instagram, Director E. White. Uh, Facebook, I don't know, even know what my Facebook is, Eric White. But yeah, just been in the game for a minute, and I'm, I'm glad to finally get to talk about some subjects that everybody wants to talk about about the industry, about the past, about the present, about the future. And uh, I'm just here, just happy to be here. Man, like what I like to do is I like to start from the beginning. Like, you know, teenage years, like 13 years of age. Who is Eric White? Take me back. Absolutely, absolutely. So grew up in Brooklyn on Flatbush. And then, uh, you know, my family got a little bit of money and, you know, at that time, you get a little money, move to Jersey. So then I moved to Jersey with my family. And uh, that's when I was just like finding out what I liked. My uncle is Hype Williams. So he uh, lived in Queens. I lived in Jersey. So we used to go back and forth, you know, just as teenagers watching movies, watching movies back and forth. So we were just trying to just find our way. That was the biggest thing that we did in the summertime, just just sitting and walk to go see, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T. and all these movies back in the day, Goodfellas and Menace to Society. So that was kind of like our training ground. So um, by the time I got a little bit older and Hype got older, Hype wound up interning for uh, for Ralph McDaniels and um, Classic Concepts in New York. And uh, I took the route of engineering. So I was engineering in, in studios. So we, we caught back up from Jersey and Queens in Manhattan. So he would always be in Manhattan at Classic Concepts. And I would always be in different studios in New York um, engineering. So, you know, just one day uh, when Hype just started directing, he got a, a video, Jodeci feeding video. That was one of the first videos he did. I had an engineering session. I think it was, um, I think it was Heavy D back then when I was an engineer. And on my break, I went to go visit Hype on the Jodeci set. And once I got on set and I saw the blend of, for one, it was a multicultural set, which which I didn't know really existed in Hollywood and film. You know, Spike Lee was out doing his thing, but that was the first time for my own eyes I could see a multicultural set, everybody having a good time, music, film, talking about, you know, movies. Once I saw that, I quit engineering that night. And I went to Barnes and Noble. It was like a it was snowing outside. How, how old are you at this time? For, oh, then I was uh, 20, 20, 19, 20. Got you, got you. So, yeah. So I saw him on set. I was like, hold on a second. I'll be right back. I walked to Barnes and Noble 
on um, right off of Broadway in New York. And I, I pulled the whole cinematography section. It was like seven or eight books. I bought a Jansport bag and bought all the cinematography books. And um, I went back to set and just said, you know, this is what I want to do. Like, I, whatever I got to do, I got to do. So he was just starting out. He didn't blow up yet. He was just starting. And uh, I was just starting. And uh, I just, just took that path. I was an engineer, so I just wound up doing sound for hype. And that was my film school. I didn't have the money to go to film school. So my film school was just sitting there on set, just, just watching just the process as he was getting good at the process. And uh, from there, he just started blowing up. So from there we did, um, you know, I went around the world with hype and that's how I learned how to, how to direct. So more money, more problems. I was there. Uh, Big Pippin, I was there, you know, Big Papa, I was there. I was there for like all that, that introduction to, you know, the golden age of hip hop in the nineties. And, and I rolled with hype and I just did sound and eventually started um, being a second unit director for him and eventually started directing on my own. But let me tell you something about that period in the nineties, just mm-hmm. seeing, watching, it was, an, it was unique because the cultures all collided. It was like a peak moment where the music was at a high level. Fashion was at a high level. I mean, everything, visuals were at a high level. Like everything all collided at once. And and that's what makes that time so special. So like I was there for California Love. So I I got to know Tupac. I was there for Big Papa. So I got to know Big. I, I mean, I definitely got to know Puff. I got to know just everybody in that young stage. Everybody was like early 20s back then. So we were like, all you just... know, the legendary B.I.G., you know, people, they definitely want to hear this. Like, who was B.I.G. at that time, bro? Like, how was he big, around you? The, the, See, you on was, your grind and you on your up and coming shit. Big, that what people may or they do know, or maybe not know that Big was just like a regular dude. Like, he was a nice guy. You could tell he was just a cool dude that didn't have any type of violence in him. He just seemed like the dude that would like eat cereal and watch cartoons all day. To me. Uh we did one video called Warning with Big and um he had hype wanted him to like sit in the bed with two girls with his shirt off. And Big was like, fuck that, I ain't showing these titties, fuck that shit. And uh I talked him into, you know, yeah, and Puff talked him into just, you know, just be you. I mean, yeah, you're fat. Own that. You know what I mean? Like you you already like talking that shit how how it doesn't matter what you look like it's it's all about how you present yourself if you think you're the shit it don't matter what you are you're the shit so once he signed off on that like he did the scene you know with his shirt off and he was cool and he became a superstar but the dude was really cool really laid back and the the two things that were similar with big and tupac is you could tell they were the smartest people in the room you could tell just looking at them, the way they talk, the way they observe things. Um, Ho has the same qualities to him. You could tell just, just, yeah, they just had that. You could tell out of a group of like 30 dudes talking or, you know, whatever party, you could tell, you could look at them and tell, you could see the light in them. Like they shine, like they, they, you could tell that they had something in them. And that's that thing that just, that's just God blesses you with. And uh, that was like the, the most important part about Big and Pac, too. I was there at California Love right when Pac got let out of jail. So we did that um, 
the video with Dre and Suge Knight and Pac in the desert. That's right when he got out of jail. He just got bailed out. And uh, there was something about him. I know I'm just rambling, but I'm just like, these memories are just popping up. But there was something about him that was like sad amongst everybody, that whole crowd in death row. And I'm not saying anything bad about death row. It just seemed like... Did you did you have the opportunity to meet Suge? Yeah, yeah, I met Suge. So yeah, what, what was Suge like during this time frame? Like, I, I understand you saying, like, the way Pac, his mind state was, you kind of giving us a, you know, a picture, but, like, what was Suge at this point in time? What was his mind on? At, on the, at the California Love period, Death Row was was the biggest thing out. And it was very... Um, it was like a it was like a dark cloud, to be honest. Suge was a very intimidating dude and he was at his height. So I mean for most people they didn't even look his way or his people's way. It's just it was like a real just angry time. And and that was it was part of what made Death Row so big was that type of vibe. But um it was like a really like just, just, just a lot of like dark energy was on the set, and and you could tell that um that Pac, he kind of it just seemed like he was he was that dude with deer in the headlights, you know what I mean? Just just when you caught him, sometimes he was like, you know, wrong place at the wrong time. You just felt that early on on that one day on the shoot. But when for you me, was, that, like when you was on that particular shoot, did you? feel any tension that was like going on with death row or Tupac. It was just all a good vibe. Like, what was it? It, it seemed like he was acting. I'm, I'm just being honest. It just seemed like he was, that was the situation he had to be in. There was no tension between them, but you could tell that he was, he was not, you could tell that he was acting. I mean, he was acting like this is the shit and this is the place to be for him. To me, at least in, 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 in that group of people with Shook. Now I know that that Pac and Snoop had a great relationship, and I'm sure Pac had a lot of great relationships within Death Row, but the whole vibe just, just it seemed like something that he had to do rather than, than, than just a genuine love. I don't know, it's, that's just what I got from it. And I could be wrong, but that's, it just felt like a, a weird vibe. It's a real angry vibe on set. Got you. Now look, moving forward, like like when you you were hype still, right? And uh, Biggie, Puff, uh-huh. like you know, what I'm saying we know him P, P Diddy today. You know, what I'm saying what type of relationship you have with them? Well, Puff, how did how did first, that start? The first time I met Puff is I did sound for hype for the Flavor in Your Ear remix video, the black and white video that everyone's copied for years and years. It's like an iconic video. I picked up Puff at um. He had a townhouse on, like, in Midtown. So I picked him up to go to that video. That's the first time I met him. And, uh, yeah, we went to McDonald's. He wanted pancakes. So I took him to McDonald's. We, we went through the drive-thru and, uh, you know, went to set. But but Puff, everybody had, like, just, just like, they, she just had just, like, a dope, you know, take over the world type energy. Like, I just felt like a different vibe with, with, with Puff and Big in that period. But Puff was very competent, very brash, very over the top, but he always seemed uh, right in whatever he was talking about. Puff might sound like, and I worked with Puff for a lot of years, Puff might sound like he's, he's, 
he's angry or mad or crazy or just over the top, but he's always right. Got you, got you. Yeah, big, B-I-G, man, legendary. Yo, big. And it's a shame to see him go because he had so much more to give. But, um, yeah, yeah, his his whole vibe, how he was with Lil C's and everybody, you could tell he was leading. He was happy to teach and lead the next generation already. And he was just, just turning into a superstar himself. He only had two albums. But he was already teaching the next generation. He was already building an empire in his mind. So, so for me to see that, that go so soon, that was, that was real sad. But no Big, doubt, he had no that doubt. presence, man. Who do you think R. has P. that presence Tupac, now? R.P. Biggie. Uh, who who has that type of... Yeah. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to hold that. I'm, I'm going to get to it. So, like, you know, moving forward, so, like, now you got these relationships and, you know, you was moving around with hype. Like, what was your first video that you directed that gave you the opportunity? How did that come about? The first real video that that, that I got that, that, that put me on was I was doing uh second unit for hype. Uh, this was around like the big pimping time. And I did a couple of videos for him. And uh, he gave me a number for Max Goose, who was the head of uh, Sony, I think black music from for, uh, Sony back in, so he gave me his number. I called Max and uh, I went to the office and I had like a little reel that I made of all like the little shots that I did for hype. And I sat in Max's office and I was like, yo, I just, just, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm working under hype, but it's not, it's not helping me. And hype was getting to the point where he was like, all right, I, you, you rode with me. I, I taught you as much as I can teach you. He was kind of kicking me out basically like you know in a good way in in in, in, in a loving way saying you know it's time for me to do my thing so he gave me max's number i met with max i said yo i just i'll do any video in the building whatever you guys don't want to do i mean it doesn't matter i'll pay for it it doesn't matter you've got to pay me nothing and he said that he had um this group these four kids b2k he said they didn't know what they were going to do chris robinson was i think going to shoot the video but then something happened so I just took that video and it was B2K, uh-huh. So I did that video for free in LA and uh, that pretty much started me off. I mean, it's just, that's what took me down that route was with doing those type of groups. So that went number one on TRL, that went number one on uh, 106 and Park. And then from there, I just started just rolling. I think I did two or three more B2K videos that led to, you know, Chris Brown doing a bunch of Chris Brown videos, doing a bunch of Chingy videos, Twister videos, working with Puff again with Puff and Christina Aguilera, and just I just kept moving from there, man. But my mind was always on doing movies. And like you speaking of movies, like Lottery Ticket, you you produce, you wrote that as well as directed. Yeah, yeah. I had the story. I had the story growing up in um in Brooklyn in Ebbets Field. Whenever somebody had to like buy a TV or something, whenever you got something new in the projects, you always brought it in. At least where I grew up at night, because during the day, if you brought in something, everybody sees what you got and what you you know what you're doing. So at night, that's when you usually like brought in like a big TV. So I thought, okay, what if somebody won the lottery ticket? you know, and still lived in that environment, but 
I read a newspaper article where somebody won the lottery on a Friday, but they were closed and couldn't open up to give him his money and announce it till Monday. So that dude had to sit there the whole weekend with a lottery ticket for, I think it was like $30 million. He just had to sit there on it. And I just thought, what do you do? So I held that idea for a long time since I was a kid. And I finally got a chance to, you know, just write up the story. And I got with that dual Williams uh, who wrote um, the uh, Bobby Brown story and uh, new edition story for BET. That was his first real job. So we got together and, and put all my notes together and made it into like a, a done script. And we pushed it out, sent it to Ice Cube and he liked it. And that's what started the ball rolling with Ice Cube and Warner Brothers and Alcon. And from there, we just kept going. Was you was you behind like you know the main star in that movie is pretty much Bow Wow, right? Like was you behind like choosing Bow Wow? Well, the thing that happened with Bow Wow, honestly, is is I was doing I did a bunch of Chris Brown videos. I did um, you know Run It with You, Wall to Wall, Superhuman, uh, Kiss Kiss, and I wanted Chris Brown to really honestly be the character that. I can hear you. What you say, bro? Did he tap out? Oh, wait, wait. I'm on. You on? Yeah, yeah. I can hear you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, so basically, um, I wanted Chris Brown to be the lead. But after the Rihanna incident, the studios weren't touching Chris Brown, but they said uh, Bow Wow was open to do it. So I met with him, and from there, we just kept going. But I got to say, Bow Wow was always on point, always knew his lines, always ready to perform, always had good energy. It was a pleasure working with dude. You know what's crazy is um, Nicki Minaj, she actually auditioned for the part that Tierra Marie played. Wow, Nicki Minaj? Nicki Minaj, before she had a deal, Nicki Minaj, she auditioned like two or three times. And basically like they, you know, they wanted somebody that had like some numbers or had some followers. At the time, Tara Marie already had an album out and she was kind of known. So they weren't really feeling Nicki Minaj at the time. This is before she came out, which is crazy, especially when you look back now. Which is oh, you just put us on an exclusive. I never heard that. You know what's crazy with that one? The the dude Benga who played um, you know the 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 antagonist, the bad guy in, in Lottery Ticket. Really, um, Kevin Hart auditioned for that. This is Ke- this is before Kevin Hart. Think like a man, Kevin Hart. So Kevin Hart auditioned, and they were like, the studio said, "Nah, we don't think Kevin Hart's gonna work." You know. Th- because you know he's not big enough, and we want him to be like an intimidating dude, whoever the guy is in the movie. And they basically they shut down Kevin Hart. They so in the movie was going the movie lottery ticket was going to be Chris Brown, Nicki Minaj, uh, Kevin Hart, and Charlie Murphy was in it. I mean, but that was going to be the nucleus. It was going to be Chris Brown. Nicki Minaj and Kevin Hart, which is crazy. I still love the way it turned out, but it's it's I'm I'm happy that um 
Kevin Hart and Nicki Minaj turned into the superstars that they did regardless. Absolutely. Are you thinking about rebooting it? That's what you're saying? I mean, I've tried to, but Warner Brothers has the rights. So they got it pretty much. I'm in the same situation that um, that Cube is in with Friday, why he can't get Friday going. It's pretty much mm. when you when you when you write something and you do it through a studio, unless you have ownership like Tyler Perry, people may clown Tyler Perry for, for his type of content, but he owns his content. So he can do whatever he wants. When you don't own it completely, it, it puts you at a disadvantage. So I'm at the mercy of Warner Brothers, whether to make a, a lottery ticket to like Cubes at the mercy of Warner Brothers about making a uh, next Friday, another Friday movie, which is, is crazy because it's something that you come up with and it's from your heart. And, you know. You... Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That's yeah. So like, was it, was it a, like, so after the lottery ticket, did you get right back into directing like music videos or what, did you stick on film? Was it something that came next? Lead project, which was on oxygen, which was like the connected with Ryan Murphy. The Hold on. Can you repeat that? I didn't, I, we didn't hear you. Oh yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So right after that, I just got into, um, right back into videos doing commercials. I did this show called The Glee Project, which was connected to that show Glee. It was a big show mm -hmm. a couple, couple of years ago. Ryan Murphy created it. So like I became uh, a producer on that show because it was pretty much a competition show and the winners of this show would be the cast in the next Glee. So I did two seasons of that. So from there, it was just, just videos, commercials, and just finding what project I wanted to do because after lottery ticket, I got a lot of um, Tyler Perry type comedies scripts, and I kind of didn't want to do that. I wanted to go in a different direction, so I had to just wait until it's right for me. And I'm still basically now I'm in the right place where I'm doing the content that I want to do and the type of movies that I want to do. But it's 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 a wait, especially at that period when Tyler Perry was really big. Ever all the studios just wanted another Tyler Perry type movie. Wow! So that was a thing. Because even, you know, people that's not even in the industry, right? And mm -hmm. I remember then, um, I used to think about it myself. And I used to be like, damn, you know, they saying these things about Tyler Perry, like even, uh, who's that, Monique, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, Tyler Perry really has this much power? Man, if you own, and that goes for music too. If you own your master's uh, films, if you own your script, own your content and don't give it up, you got all, you can do whatever you want, man. You got all the power in the world. Like never, they got the last, the last, you know, thing that you give up if you have to. But I would say don't give up your ownership of, of anything that you create. We're creators and we have to um, mm -hmm. start owning that and realizing we're the ones with the power, not not the studios or record labels. We're the ones that really have the power. We just got to just take control of it. That's a gym. But so yeah, like, um, moving like, let me go back a little bit though. I want to go back because I want to talk about some of these videos. So like fabulous, like fabulous at the time you do this video for fabulous. Is he like, is he thinking of you as like hype Williams or is like, it's just another director coming through doing a video for me. At that at time, I mean, I was just starting out, even though I did a bunch of videos for Fab. at that time I was just starting out. So I had to prove myself, especially with, 
hip hop because I was doing more like, you know, pop groups like B2K and like things like that. So an artist like Fabulous, he just had to pretty much trust me. And he trusted me because I, I came up with uh, Duro, which was a producer in his projects. Duro and Cheo and, and people in Fab's camp, I knew them. So he trusted me because of them. And from that, you know, we wound up doing uh, Make You Better and Breathe and a lot That's of- That's one of my favorite songs. I was in high school when that song came out, Make You Better. Man, that was, I, I actually shot that. Fab, he was like seven hours late. So I shot pretty much the video in like four hours for Make You Better, which is crazy. Something happened where he was late that day. And we just had the club. We had Neo for a little bit, but we pretty much had to put that whole video together in a couple hours. Mm. But yeah, wow. Breathe. Yeah, my favorite Fab video is Breathe because um, that oh, you was did also, Breathe too. Yeah, I did Breathe. I did make That's another better. one of my shits. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank breathe you, one and then two and then three and Breathe. That's my yeah. that's my song right there. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, that was um, that was one day in New York, and that was um, it was a hurricane that day. It was supposed to be a hurricane in New York. That's why the the video was so dark. But I think it adds. To but the it, look. it did good though, right? Because it like oh. it gave me that. Like when I looked at that video, it made me get into the song more. Yeah, yeah. I think if it was, I think it worked out. Because if it was a sunny day. I don't think it fit the vibe of that type of song. So mm. I think it all it all worked out. And um Erica Maine is in that video too. That was like her pretty much her first video. She do was you, in the do car. Do you like do you like them type of videos like okay when stuff like that happens where the weather is bad and it just so happened that the particular video, the outcome was great. But is it any situations where the outcome didn't go in your favor? <laughs> uh man. Let me think. I mean, there's a lot of them if I think about it. Another fab video, actually talking about the weather, another fab video was um, So Into You with Tamiya. Uh-huh. We did that video, and that video was supposed to be a sunny day on the beach. And if you watch the video back, it, it's got a certain like look to it, only because it was raining and it was just crazy. The weather was terrible. But you just got to keep shooting. And I just think like that adds to the look of the So Into You video that I love so much. The colors pop more because it was so dark outside and it was about to rain. Mm. But you just got to keep shooting. That's the thing for me as a director. You got to lead. You got to lead the, the troops. So, if to me, if if they see that you're, you know, shook or you're frustrated or you, you know, it's a trickle down thing. If you're angry and you're kicking shit then that's going to trickle down to the rest of the people in the crew. If you're, you know what I mean? If you get like nervous or feel like we can't do something, that's going to, it's contagious. So as a director, you got to always just, just lead and just, just you set the tone. So that's, yeah, and I don't that's, think people understand, like, like I like give the youth something, bro. Like give the youth, like directors, like they can make a lot of money. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as well as like they're in control of the whole project at that point, right? They're in control, especially if you're talking about videos or you're talking about films. Overall, if you're the director, it's you're the captain of the ship. So you got to make sure that 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 whatever your project is, that's going to represent you. Whatever the tone is, that's going to represent you. Whatever the vibe is on set, 
that's that's going to represent you. So you just got to make sure you got to get the best out of everybody that you can. It's 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 more than just having cool shots or ideas as far as how to shoot. It's how to get the best out of each individual person, whether they're an actor, they're an artist, they're a crew member, there's somebody, you know, doing the craft service, making the food in the morning. You got to just get figure out a way to get everybody at their peak performance. And it's all different ways that you got to do it. Everybody is, has a different personality. You got to know how to navigate everybody's different personality. Mm-hmm. So like Chris Brown, bro, like Chris Brown, let me say this before I even ask you this question. Like, I don't know Chris Brown, but like he's been recently a bunch of interviews that's been coming out that's saying he give off weird vibes. Like how was your relationship with Chris Brown and, um, did he give you any weird vibes? Well, I did his, I did run it. So I did his first video and then I did his next like six or seven videos. So I saw the progression from, you know, I, I think he was 15 when we did run it. We, I saw the progression. 18 years old. Wow. Yeah. Him, him becoming a star. So I saw it and I saw, you know, you know, how, how much fame can hit you at an early age. And that's, that's hard to handle. Whenever people give maybe Chris a hard time or Justin Bieber or anybody that came up young, you got to think like to get that amount of, of, of praise and adulation and, and, and eyes on you at an early age, it's hard to handle. It's hard to keep it together. So, I mean, I've seen Chris, you know, at his best, I've seen him mad. I've seen him, you know, all different types of Chris Brown, but I will say that Chris Brown is a, in a, a creative, extremely creative dude, uh, whether it's coming up with ideas for videos, because we always collaborated from, from day one on videos, him dancing, Chris could wake up out, he could sleep 12 hours, get out of bed and do 10 backflips. Like the dude is just a natural superstar talent. So he, I think like any weird vibes that people say about him or say that he has, which I've heard a lot, I just think he's just, he wears his heart on his sleeve and he's just a dude that his emotions are just right, right there underneath the surface. So I just think it's just, it's just different, just levels to him, just the way he acts. It's just the way it is. Right, right. Blessings, blessings. Blessings to that. Like Chris Brown, he's definitely an icon. And like, he, like you said, he entered this game at 15 years of age, man. And how old is he now? I don't know. He's, he's two kids old now. I don't know. He <laughs> 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 got two kids now. But but I yeah. think he's in his early thirties, Chuck, and he got three kids now. Oh, he got three now. Damn. Yeah, he got like so, a newborn. I think the baby's like eight months or something. Yeah. So wow. I mean, to see him go through that and and still put it together, he's had some highs and some extreme lows. So, I mean, yo, we're just people. Some people are better. You see Will Smith. Some people can hold it together, and sometimes you, you, you're you human, you know? It's, 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 it's a tough one. So, like, at the, the, the peak of your career, bro, like, you know, doing the music videos, you're going to say that because, you know, of course, the, mu- the movies mm-hmm. is something totally different, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. when it comes to the music videos, you're doing all these hit songs, bro. Like, the songs you naming is hit songs. So, like... What's the demand at this point? Like, what are people, is people contacting you that you probably feel that you maybe should have did something with them at that time and you might have uh, threw, them, you know, threw them off? 
Yeah, I think, um, yeah. I mean, back then, back when I was really doing it, I was, I remember one time I was like one through four on 106 in part. Wow. So I was, yeah, when I was doing it, I was doing Top it. Top 10, if y'all don't know, 106 in part is a TV show and they did the top 10. And he said one through four. That's like one is number one through four. Hey, can you hear me? He had top four slots. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can hear you, bro. Oh, all right, sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah, someone came in for a second. Yeah, yeah. Back then, I had like one through four, so I was turning down. I was turning down a lot of songs. I was trying to do what I could, but. I mean, at that time, you were making, like, say the average budget at that time was, like, 300, three to 600 a video. 100,000 was was the average budget. So as a director, you're getting, you know, usually 10% of whatever the budget is. So if it's it's 600,000, you're getting 60,000. So you were doing those, like, one a week, like... Every weekend you would do something. So at the time, it was all good. But um, yeah, there's some like artists and songs I wish I didn't turn down. Even Chris Brown at at one point, I, I had to uh, turn down some videos by him. And I feel oh, bad. Yeah, about that. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. At the time, right? It was right after. It was again like right after the Rihanna situation. I think he was trying to find his footing and I started doing other things like the, the films and commercials. And and my biggest regret with him is I didn't just like do whatever I could for him, just stick by him and do just, just be there for him. Like, like I should have, and I still regret that. Got you, got you, got you. Shout out Chris Brown, man. Yeah. Uh, give us a second. Give us a second, bro. We're going to open it up to the floor in just a second. Pardon me. Hey, what MS? What MS on So when it, when it comes what down M&S, to it. What MS? What MS? Hey, who's saying that? Pardon me. Pardon hey, me. Pardon me. When it, when it comes down to it, though, like, now when you look back on it, which one you think that you would be more involved in, film? Versus the music videos. And that's, you know, I want a lot of directors to think about this this answer that he's going to give. I mean, to, to me, it's, it's um, do you want to tell stories or are you more of a visual person? Some people, like, you know, Hype did Belly. You would think by now Hype would do, you know, 20 movies. Uh, but, you know... That's something he's got to answer, but you know, in his mind, he's he's a visual dude. So some people are more about the creative and the visuals. If you want to tell stories, or if you like, you're a director and you hear a song and you go to write a treatment, and a lot of your treatments are you know story treatments, narrative treatments, you know, little movies. I mean, you should you should push that that direction because it seems like that's what's natural to you. For me, it's 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 films. I want to tell stories. I want to tell, for me, it's more action with some type of social point, social, you know, moral compass. Because I think that like our films, our ways of telling stories, we have such an incredible platform. All directors have an incredible platform to, to get across some type of like social message to help people 
or to or to 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 bring change or to you know to resonate with somebody it's so important that you you take that time and, and just whatever it is you could just be a video about you know just some dudes on a block but if you just have like one or two images that that stand out i mean you have a powerful platform so i say just just use it and also let me ask you a question like when it comes down to directors these days, like some people say they can get shit. Somebody come through, post it on their YouTube, might have a hundred thousand subscribers for about a thousand dollars, you know, and they'll come through and shoot the video for them. Like how you feel about that versus like, even then you say, I think you said 60,000, right? You think the game is getting watered down when it comes to people paying for good quality content? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in those, uh, that days that was 600,000, but I'm thinking oh, um, 600,000. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, today, now you can shoot a video on your iPhone because technology has sped up so fast. Um, it comes with also people that make music. Now you don't have to go to a big studio. You can make music on your laptop. So you can make whole songs and put them out. That's a good thing because that opens up the creative to a lot of people. And it's also oversaturates it with, with people that, that maybe not, are going to be on like the top of the the charts as far as like um, their talent goes. It's good that everybody can get involved in it, but it also opens the door for just, you know, instead of like 10 people, now you got a hundred thousand people putting out music, putting out videos, putting out. So I think it does get watered down as it goes. But I mean, if you're creative, you're creative. It'll just, it'll just show itself. Dope, dope. And we're going to open it up to the floor. Just let them know one more time where they can follow you at. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and, uh, oh, yeah, Instagram, Director E. White. Dope, dope, dope. Anybody got any questions? Yeah, Chuck. So look, there was a question from the audience earlier. Uh, they wanted to know if Eric ever worked with Aaliyah, and if so, what videos? Yeah, it's 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 crazy because... Um, I, when I was doing sound, yeah, I got to know Leah too. When I was doing sound uh, for hype, I would do sound on other videos. Doing sound meaning, you know, I'd come with the speakers and all that, and I would play the song for the artist, you know, to sync up the music video, to lip sync the music video. So I did one Aaliyah video uh, for a video that never came out. Uh, it was a song, I think it was for a Disney movie that I did for Aaliyah. And uh, Hype wound up working with with Aaliyah. We wound up splitting off and I started directing on my own when Hype did Rock the Boat. I was already directing on my own, so I didn't work on that with him when that you know tragedy happened. But I got to know Aaliyah a little bit, not as much as some of the other artists, but I got to know her and her vibe a little bit. And she was another one of those people that just shined. But yeah, mad cool people, calm, and just, you know, confident. And she knew she was a superstar, but she was also somebody that was real chill that you could just talk to. Dope, dope, dope. Anybody got any other questions? I do, Chuck. It's Nova. Go ahead. Hey, Eric, salute. It's Nova King. I had a quick question. I heard you speaking briefly on regretting the fact that you didn't stick around with Chris Brown, mm-hmm. what, why, what, what was going through your mind? Why didn't you stick it out? 
Is it because of what he had going on? Because uh, I heard you say shortly after re- the Rihanna incident. Was that what kept you away or just other things? No. Uh, specifically, it was right after the Rihanna situation. It, you know, he was kind of, you know, nobody was was really connected with Chris for a minute. You know, they everybody backed off. And, and I talked to him on the phone. He hit me up one day about doing a video. And, uh, you know, I just got to be honest, he hit me up about doing a video and I told uh, my producing partners because I worked with a company, with a production company that, yo, Chris called me about doing a video. And they're like, uh, you know, we don't know about working with him. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a low, it was a low budget. I think he was going to do on his own, a low budget video. And uh, they said, nah, you know, maybe, you know, just, just let it breathe for a minute and just, you know, just maybe not do this one. And I listened to him. And I shouldn't have done that. I should have just did whatever I could have done for him, whatever, to make sure that he was straight regardless. Because, you know, that incident was crazy. But, you know, you know, I just, I bailed. And that's, it always stuck with me. It's something I regret. I got a question. Um, so Go ahead. When, you first, when you first meet an artist mm-hmm. and um, when you hear their material and whatever, Mm-hmm. What's the main thing that stands out with you that makes you say, hey, okay, well, this person has it. This person's going to be a star. What What's some things you look at to make you make you come to that realization? For me, it's, it's three things. It's the music. I mean, of course, they got to have music that, that's that's a hit to me. Otherwise, I can I could listen to music all day and if I will just won't have an idea for it. You know, I could I could just if I'm not feeling it or I'm not. It's not, nothing sparking from an idea, then I can't do nothing with it. Um, two is just the confidence, like an artist that you know has like a unique voice and a certain type of confidence. That's what makes, stands out to me. I mean, there are a lot of artists out there, but but somebody that has that knows who they are um, is is what makes me want to do well for them. That's why I loved working with newer artists because I love seeing like that type of like spark. And that 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 newness and that just that energy that just makes something happen. So for me, it's the confidence and the music and the artist. You could just tell when somebody has that it factor. Dope, 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 dope. And let me ask you, like, before I get back to the questions, um, hopefully y'all got something that's ready. But um, let me ask you this: You got a new movie that's coming out with Ashanti and Cedric the Entertainer, correct? Yeah, we just wrapped. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's called the Plus One. We shot that in uh, Clearwater in Florida, and we just wrapped. That's uh, Ashanti, Cedric the Entertainer, Jaleesa, and, uh, you know, just a bunch of just just a great cast we put together. It's a rom-com, romantic comedy where um, Ashanti is the lead, and she's getting married at a resort. And she, her arch nemesis, a girl that she hated, she said, no matter what, just don't bring her and everything will be good. And her best man uh, winds up bringing this girl. So that's her, his plus one. And then, you know, just the craziness ensues. But it's a real funny movie. And Ashanti it really is serious about acting. And she's going to surprise a lot of people because she's funny but she's also there are levels to this movie where you see her serious and you see just just that Ashanti really wants to be a great actress. 
But it's a funny movie. Cedric's funny as hell. It's going to be good. We're editing it right now, and I can't wait for it to come out. Dope, 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 dope. Hey, bro, you looking for any interns? Because um, I'm trying to shoot a documentary, and I need the, you know what I'm saying? I need that game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I'm ready to go. Hey, which cities you be in the most, though? Atlanta, L.A., or um, what cities you be in the pretty, most? Pretty, pretty much L.A. and Atlanta. Most okay. most things are shot in L.A. and Atlanta. Atlanta is like Hollywood right now. It's like everything is being shot in Atlanta. So, so. You, you shoot more stuff in Atlanta? I'm back and forth. Thank I'm back and forth. Out. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, like, I'll definitely, I'm down. I always like mentoring people. And if someone wants to come on set, be my guest. If you want to come and help out and just, just be a part of the process, I'm all for it. I'm open to it. Yeah, no, dope, bro. I'm definitely going to get with you because I, I definitely got, I'm from Chicago, so I got some documentaries in my mind and, you know, as well as scripted content. So I definitely want to uh, run it by you. Feel me? I love it. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's get it. Let's get it. Hey, anybody got any other questions? I do. It's again. Rachel. Yes. After Nova, please. Oh, you sure, sis? I, I could yield my mic. It's up to you. But, go ahead. Go sorry. ahead. I asked the question. Okay. I yield my mic to her. I came in a little late, so I've uh, but I'm really enjoying what I'm hearing. Eric, thank you so much for going to the Sunshine State. Uh, we have, you were in Clearwater, which is the sister city to St. Petersburg, home of Angela Bassett and several uh, music company uh, executives. Um, my family is a family of promoters and agents from there. I wanted to ask you about, I missed the part about T-Pain. Did I? Um, you know, he's from Tallahassee, and I just wondered, um, what is it like working with him? I know he's very underrated. And I oh, just wonder if you felt that way because he's a hometown favorite for us. Oh man! Like I, I, I made him do lottery ticket, and I, I <laughs> we used the um the dude that owned the uh, the bodega, and uh, people still don't realize how talented T Pain is. People still don't realize how smart, how intelligent, and creative T Pain is. I keep telling him that even. The last time I saw him, he played me some new music. And I'm like, you're like, T-Pain is four or five years ahead of everybody. I think that's the only thing with T-Pain. But he's extremely talented, extremely funny, and a natural. Like, he never acted before, but I just, I made him do it. And, uh, man, when people see him acting more, I hope he gets into that more and just gets into all the other things that he's good at. I love that guy. And the second question is, it was rumored in the industry or at least in the circles that I was in that for Tupac's death he was um about to do work with um Quincy Jones because he was dating uh his daughter. Oh. Do you oh, think Kedada, that is right? right, do you think that was the case? He would have uh, gone with Quincy? That would have been crazy in my opinion. Wow, that's a deep one. Yeah, why wow. I didn't even... wow. Man, I don't know. I I just it's it's crazy when you think about it, cause cause Tupac, he wasn't really. I mean, he was in jail for a minute, so he people don't realize for the the icon that he is, Tupac wasn't out that long. You know what I mean? In the nineties, he was in jail for part of it, and he had his own issues. But the impact that he made in such a short time is crazy. But I I never heard about the uh, the Quincy Jones thing. That would have been next level. Yeah, she was. He was I, turning I, his life around. Oh, 
apologize. He was turning his life around, alleged, you know, of course, and uh, he was dating Rashida, and it was rumored that he was going to leave uh, Death Row and go with Quincy. Uh, real quick, Eric, can I clarify what Rachel's hey, referring to? Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Chris. Uh, hold on, Crisis. Um, let me get to the next question. Who, who got the next question? I had a question, but it's not piggybacking off of this. I just wanted to know uh, what are some of his favorite aspects of being a music director and why, or just a director period. Uh, For me, it's, it's, it's just bringing visuals to life. I always watch films and I always loved, um, you know, photography books and things of that nature. It's just seeing something that you have in your head come to life is is the greatest reward for me and uh telling stories and and making something that will resonate with somebody else that's just it's incredible to me and it's a high that like i always want more of i never i never get tired of it's it's the creation process something visually that that resonates with somebody dope 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 any other questions yeah i got one uh another one Okay, what was the moment in your life that made you say, okay, this is what I want to do? Like, was it a certain artist? Because I came late, so if you already said it, please apologize. I apologize. But was it a certain artist or a certain moment at your time in life that made you say, hey, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to go into this industry. I want to help these people bring forth their voice. Uh, for, honestly, for me, it was early on working with Hype, just seeing that that the impact he had on the industry and and just just seeing how how he could, I mean, knowing him from when we were kids, and just seeing how he could just just have visuals just come to life and and make an extension of an artist, you know, feel good for them. Taking an artist and and taking what they have sonically and making visuals that match who the artist is is just amazing. It's an amazing reward. And that's, that's what I always try to do. And I love that I had a chance to do it with artists like Fabulous, like Chris Brown, even like with Chingy and with Twista, like those people that, that aren't, you know, maybe like, you know, the, the top, top Beyonce or, you know, Jay-Z, but those artists have a unique voice. And it was just always fun to just see them, you know, an extension of themselves visually that worked for them and felt good to them. That felt good to me. Dope, 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 dope. Any other questions? Was there ever, was there ever a time when you helped performers resolve a conflict? Uh, That's a good question. In what way? What do you mean? Any, I don't, have you experienced any conflict like on set? Maybe the person didn't like the the glam squad that showed up or maybe the timing or the place or maybe they didn't want to work with an individual. Do you have any? That happens every time. <laughs> if you work mm. with Puff, that's going to happen every shoot. <laughs> I Puff? remember <laughs> Puff, man. Puff is the toughest one. Puff is the toughest one. Like if 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 Puff doesn't like his pants or the crease isn't correct, everybody's gonna feel it. And it, it's, <laughs> one time I, I did a video where um I did a video for I forgot what the group's name was. They were on Bad Boy and Puff couldn't be there, so he um 
he wanted to do a, like a, a FaceTime, you know, uh, on a, on the laptop and be there on set. So he wanted us to like set up a laptop, you know, with him watching the monitor, set up a director's chair, put the laptop on it with Puff's head, you know, basically on video watching and, uh, and, you know, commenting on, on whatever we were doing on set. And I remember that was crazy. Was we it legendary? Both... Uh, no. No. Mm-hmm. I'm, dead. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead right now. Oh my god. That's dope. That's getting business done for sure. <laughs> I remember that the the we were rolling sound and the group was playing. The group was performing and I just heard on the laptop, cut, cut it, cut. I look over, it's Pug on the laptop. He's like, yo, let me talk to the stylist. Pick up the computer and take me over to the stylist. So we cut. I'm picking up the computer. I'm walking it down the hall with Puff on a FaceTime on the computer past, you know, all the rooms. And we took the computer into the stylist. He goes and yells at the stylist. Let me talk to the choreographer. So I take the computer with Puff's head down the hall to the choreographer. And he's yelling at the choreographer. So dude is just. This shit. Wow. That's exclusive. That's the exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, but yeah, no, I got every artist has has those type of stories, and you got to make sure you answer right, otherwise it's gonna be. Hey, so like on your way, like on your way to the top, like these are the type of like you said, like some people will get frustrated, and then they'll make something out of something else, and then it'll be like they'll be allegedly saying that they're blackballed. Like, what do you say to them type of people? Like, you gotta have tough skin, or what? What's to it? You, you, yeah, you got to because, I mean, you know, word travels and you just got to, it's a tough one, man. That's a tough question because you want to speak your truth, but at the same time, you still got to find political ways to do it. Mm. So it's, it's tough. Like there's nothing, there's nothing worse than like a lot of times when, when I got fed up and I knew I was right about something. And I said the truth, I spoke my truth, and I was right. But in the end, it wound up messing up relationships. So it's like you got to choose mm. your battles, you know, when you want to stay, say what you want to say, because you got to think about the, the next battle. So you can speak your truth and be right with your words, but just know that, like, there'll be consequences sometimes. So you just got to pick, pick ways how to do it. That's a fact. And it only affects you if you move to the drum or someone else. I do what I want to do. So you can't tell me who to be cool with or who not to be cool with. So that's mm-hmm. what's up. Mm-hmm. That's true. What advice can you give to the up-and-coming artists or the up-and-coming uh, producers who is trying like to come them. up in this industry who just don't, you know, producers and directors who just don't know, you know, what to do to get to that next level, to that next step? I would, I would say a couple things. One, you got an iPhone. If whoever's got an iPhone has the ability to to create images. I would say practice with that. Take a movie or a video that you like. Take a movie that you like and just take those shots in the movie and just copy them and shoot them on your iPhone. Just copy those shots until you start like figuring out like there's a process to how things work and find your own like 
gimmick, your own voice, your own, like, maybe you like a certain, like, color palette. Maybe you like a certain camera move. Maybe you like a certain, like, think, find things that you like because the things that you like are what the world needs. Look at my PTRs, man. That's what give you all what is. Hold on, Doc. Hold on, Don't interrupt him. Don't interrupt him. No, go on, go on. Go ahead and continue, Eric. No, just just basically just just finding your your voice because your voice. Look at what hype did with like the fish islands, like that became like his voice. I did the push-ins, like in videos, like I did like a lot of performances with pushing in and out and then moving side to side. That was like my thing that became like this the standard. So it's like just find your thing and and make it your signature thing and then just take it from there. Use your phone. Use anything. It's 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 easier now than it's ever been. Back when I started, you had to shoot on film. So getting a film camera and getting processing and crews, it was it was hard to shoot something. Now everybody can shoot something. Yeah. You know what I mess around with a lot of drone footage as well. Do you do that? Do you mess around with the drone footage? I love the drones. I love the drones. And I like using the drone. You know how people normally use drone footage? They just show like some a big wide shot looking down. Like use the drone for like a chase scene. Use the drone in, in like interesting ways. Use it like you would use. Oh my. Look at the adverts on TV right now. All drone made, my guy. I love it. Me too. I want to see. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> That's that's listen, movie, listen, 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 hold on, hold on. Hey, y'all gotta put out that content, bro. So like like what bro saying is is that Eric, like you've been putting out content for years, bro. Mm-hmm. And that that's the key to this. You mm-hmm. have to put out the material. It's exactly, exactly. It's easier now than it's ever been. Just, just do it. Like I said, you can do it on your phone. You could do. They make it so easy now to find ways to do it. You just gotta just, just constantly, just, just put your flag up and see who salutes. And they will salute. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> it's done for the Cloud Chaser TV. Gang. Oh, That's the way wow. to go. My phone's about to die. I don't have a charger. Hey, look, either. look, 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 listen. We appreciate you coming through, bro. You know what I'm saying? This definitely was a dope interview. We're going to chop this down. You know what I'm saying? We're going to put it in the spaces it need to be in. You know what I mean? And, uh, man, salute you for coming through, man. Appreciate you. Thank, Eric White. Thank you. Salute. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Much love. Much love. Thank you. Salute. Salute. Salute, King. Salute. It's Duff for the Cloud Chaser TV. Gang. Yeah, I'm about to open up another room real quick. Let me get the um the setup. You gonna pin the you gonna pin the new room at the top before you yeah. close this one out? Okay. Shout out to everybody who contributed to the chat as well. That nigga Joshua okay. always sound like he trolling. <laughs> That nigga don't never sound serious. <laughs> hey, Loki. <laughs> Jay, what, bro? 
I said, K Loki always sound like he trolling. He don't never sound serious. It's done for the cloud chaser. <laughs> hey, that's what's up, Chuck. We were just talking about this similar Chicago, stuff to this a minute ago. That's what's up. I said we were just talking about uh something similar to this in uh my nation. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. This Chicago nigga, 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 nigga. <laughs> What the fuck? You ain't like that? This Chicago oh, my nigga, God, one too, nigga. You got to make the argument. We from Chicago, nigga. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, you need to do Don't nobody got that one. That's mine. That's why oh, I think God. you should make the other one. Let we from down. Chicago, nigga. Right there, right there. I see you. That's a must. Mama Lisa on here? Huh? Here I am. Yeah, I see you. That's why yeah, I see you. Yeah, you want to do an interview? You, oh, you, you want to do the interview? Well, well you want to um, just speak on whack, you said? Nope. Um, well, the thing is, <laughs> <laughs> you said that um, quick. I think I'm gonna leave that alone while he's quiet. Yeah. I don't want uh -huh. clout. I want him quiet. Okay. Leave that damn. alone. God damn, we almost got some. We from Chicago, nigga. Yeah, make that, make that. That's it, Pookie. We just made it. We gonna cut that one. We gonna clip it. One of them gotta be the best one. But I want you to make it like you did the first one, cause that sound good like that. <laughs> I didn't make Pookie, that first you. one though, Pookie. Then whoever did, you could, don't you know how to do it now? Yeah. Okay, do it, for me. Do it for me, do it for me, cause yeah. I don't know how. Do it for me. Do it for me. Hey, Pookie, that became the Rock Nation of Clubhouse. I know. Only why I'm tripping because I'm tired of motherfuckers can't talk about me but talk about my daughter. But it don't get to me. Oh yeah, like let's I not, say, let's let's not, not, bro, not, Pookie, Pookie, a legend. Let's not put that on this particular recording. That's what we could say that for the next. Yeah. We ain't know that. Come on, y'all, finish doing what y'all doing. Hey, in the future, for anybody in the chat, if you're having any issues with trying to ping people into the room. And you're getting that message, like the one that Trey Fowl said he was getting. <clears throat> you literally got to log all the way out the app and then log back into the app so that you can get that feature to work again. That's the reason why it wasn't working. You said there was a message they was getting? Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to go back into the chat to see what what Trey what Trey Fo said the message was, because uh, at first he said he didn't. 
Nah, I wouldn't even have no message. The little ping button ain't even down there in the corner. Oh, the ping button wasn't in the corner. Word. Yeah, it's some, for some reason, this app, I don't know I don't know what they be doing, but for some reason, sometimes this app be acting crazy. So you have to, like, you have to log all the way out of the app. Like, what I mean by I that run, is, like... You know I run this app. Okay, so you run this app. Yeah, I run this motherfucking app. I was just fucking with y'all. I don't run shit. No, they need to do cut me a check. Uh, tell me in time. That's a fact. Yeah, that was a dope ass interview. A lot of good information and a lot of jewels dropped. Especially oh, they ain't ready the for my interviews, bro. You let damn near two hundred interviews in, man. Hey yo, so look, 200. we got the next. We got the next. That's the new room at the top. Yeah, yeah that's the new look. I'm about to open up the new room at the top. Um, you want me to stay here until y'all finish and then I'll close this Yeah, window? yeah, give it like, give it, give it, give it, uh, yeah, yeah, give it, give it, give it a few, like five, uh, five minutes. minute or two. Oh, hell yeah, no, yeah. give it like a minute or two and boom it. Okay, I got you. I got you, Chuck. And when y'all get to that next room, make sure y'all share it in too. I got you, Chris. I'm following you back. Crisis. Either or. I'm following you back. Good luck. New room. Right, we're on the final minute of this room, and then we're going to boom this. The, the link to the new room is at the top. Go ahead and click on that link, and then you can go join the new room.
We at the 32nd mark before we close this room. We about to boom it. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you click that link at the top so you can go ahead and join the new room. Ten second mark. We're about to boom this room. If you haven't already clicked the link at the top to join the new room, just go into the hallway and make sure you you click on the Death of the Cloud Chaser Club and join the new room. Three, two, one, boom.